Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such a great place to live work and play here we are some cool mornings in coastal mississippi still got super blue skies i don't think much of a chance of rain on the horizon uh having just finished cruising the coast a record a record breaking cruising the coast over nine thousand participants they they estimate another nine thousand cars didn't register and uh you didn't have to tell me that or you that i'm sure as you if you tried to get around in coastal mississippi over the over the past week especially this past weekend you saw what a successful event looks like one of the most unique in fact the most unique cruising event in the entire united states what makes it what makes it so unique if you if you're a regular listener you know this is what Woody Bailey says, that you actually get to use your car in this cruising event. Usually what happens is you bring your car to a large field, you display your car, and you you know, you know go and say hello to your friends, and and uh, you, know, you shine your car and enjoy your car, but you're not cruising. In this event, you're actually cruising 40 miles between the 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 uh, the points from from east east part of uh, coastal Mississippi to the west, and each of the each of the uh, amazing cities that make up coastal Mississippi showcased, and um, man, what a what an incredible event! What I mean, listen, I've said this many times: a world class event in a world class community with world class weather. I mean, when you mix those three together, you got a winner. And uh, I want to congratulate my friend Chuck Loftus who is head of the uh, Sand Beach in Harrison County, what he did uh, to get the beach ready and make it showcase the way that it did is truly remarkable. could say the same thing about the beach in Hancock County and the beaches uh, in Jackson County. People really enjoyed that unencumbered view to, to the beach and out to the Mississippi Sound. It's one of the things that make this such a special place. Hey, before we get to our guests, we're actually going to be visiting, by the way, with Brian Lamar, who used to be head of public affairs at the Naval Construction Battalion Center, the CB base. We've had him on many, many times. have had a great relationship with him. But he has moved with his family to Okinawa, Okinawa. And he's had, uh, he's had some interesting uh, challenges getting in there. And then, of course, hurricanes were, were threatening. And, but anyway, it's a, it's, a, it's a great story about how he, he and his wife really want to show their kids sort of a world perspective, and they're doing it at a, at a very important part of his his uh, his kids' lives, where they can be they can have a tremendous impression on them about how how small the world ultimately is. So I'm looking forward to having that conversation with Brian here shortly. But before we go any further, let me br- invite my friend, uh, the producer for the, for Coach View, Kyle Curley, into the conversation. And first of all, just say good morning, my friend. Good morning, Ricky. How are you? I'm doing good. Look, we're going to talk about the Saints game because they had a great win uh, because you played the music at the Superdome. We're going to, we'll come back to that in a second, but I know you got a little bit of sun on your face. Oh, well, Saturday was uh, baseball, baseball, baseball. My son's team played at uh, Pearl River County. At, uh, play, had a good weekend at the dub, really. Two, at, two oh. out of three they won. So, Well, good, good. Yeah. So I spent I remember those days. field, and then Sunday was at the uh, Superdome. 
Yeah, so I was just about to say, I remember those days well. We had three kids that were playing traveling soccer and baseball. Never, never a free, uh, never a free weekend at all <laughs> uh, this time of year. No, there's, there's really not. And then when you do get the uh, free weekend off, it's like, okay, so what do I do now? I've got uh, it's yard work, laundry. This, it, yeah, then you end up not getting anything done. Then, then so today I have to do laundry. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, man, the Saints game Sunday was awesome. Um, Taysom Hill had, as someone wrote, one for the ages. Um, it was a breakout game. Uh, you, you knew they might do well when you looked at Alvin Kamara's yardage the last couple of times they played Seattle. I think the last time they played Seattle, he had 170 all-purpose yards. He even did better this game. But it was great to see the game, team kind of put it together, although it's tough because you see Olave get his head banged and uh, you've, you've seen other players you know, have to have to get you know go off the field and not come back. We keep or some of our stars keep kind of dropping like flies, but I want to give you credit, man. The music had made a difference in the Superdome. Now, I usually don't talk about myself, but I think yesterday I was kind of on point. There was uh, there was only maybe one or two instances where it probably wasn't the um, most significant uh, of songs, but I think yesterday put out a uh, put out a good effort. <laughs> yeah, hey, you did a great job. Hey, here's the thing, Kyle. The Saints have not had home field advantage. We have not been playing well at home. And as Jeff Duncan and just about everybody else said, we got to bring it. And that means the team's got to bring it offensively and defensively. The fans have to be engaged. You and your work that you're going to do to to you know pump that place up with great music. Every All those things have to start hitting on every cylinder again so we can get our home field advantage back. Yeah, I think uh, everybody involved in yesterday's and Sunday's game, uh, whatever department you were in, I think everybody was hitting on all cylinders from the gate. So I think it yeah. was, I think it, everything kind of went our way. You know, could we have stopped them a few times? Did we give up a few good plays, big plays, you know, on third down? Yes. But were we yeah. able to respond? Yes. I thought Andy Dalton did great. I thought he read the field good. He made some good passes. Taysom Hill, tremendous. The threat of Alvin Kamara was there, tremendous. And it was tough to see Alave go down. And I'd have to look at the actual injury report. He's the only one I actually remember leaving the field hurt. Yeah, Lattimore. Lattimore left at the end of the game. He had an abdominal injury on that that last touchdown pass they got. Somebody landed on on his gut, yeah. So hopefully there's not anything serious to, to with that. But, you know, we still had turnovers. We still had too many penalties. Uh, Jeff Duncan will talk more about that on Friday, I'm sure. But, um, and yeah, to me, I think that's, you know, I, I, my son Jordan always says this, and I agree with him, that it's that's coaching. You you, you got to quit making mistakes, and it's up to the coaches to, to prepare these guys and not continue to put us in a situation where we lose the ball. I mean, we had a couple of other fumbles that we were – we picked up ourselves that it could have been really tough. Yeah, the turnover battle is, I think that's just an ever constant variable there. And if you can win the turnover battles, you know, I, I hate the press conferences after the games because it's always the same stuff. Well, you got to win the turn, turnover battles. You got to do this. It's true, though. It really <laughs> is. As much as you hate to hear it, that's, I mean, what else can you say? If you give yeah. up the ball more than the other team does, more than likely you're going to lose. Um, it's not always the case, but yeah, that, uh, you've got to hold on to the ball. 
And we went against the, the hottest quarterback in the NFL, and we now we know why. he Obviously, he played a really good game. So um, you He know. really did, and honestly, I hadn't paid attention to the Seahawks at all this season, and so I was kind of uh, surprised to see uh, the response and the attention that Geno Smith was getting. Yeah, amazing. He had a really, really good game. But um, thank God we have a better game. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. that's, the, exactly. that's the story. Hey, listen, Kyle, thank you for everything you do for us, you buddy. Bet. Yeah, you bet. So now let's shift gears and move over to my friend Brian Lamar. And uh, first of all, let me just say good morning. How you doing, Brian? <laughs> good morning. Well, it's it's uh, it's evening for me, morning for you guys. He's coming to us from Okinawa, and it's 10 o'clock there. And we really appreciate him making some adjustments in the schedule to join us. When he left the CB base, we said we would stay in touch with Brian because he's been such a great friend to this show. And for over long before I even came along, even my predecessor to, to this time frame, he had a terrific relationship with Kip. So Brian's been good to us and he'll be, he'll be away for a couple of years and he'll be back to the States again. But I love the driving reason why you decided to go and you, you were you had a comfortable situation at the CB base. You were doing an amazing job. By the way, I saw Captain Powell at the Salute to the Military event. First time I've ever actually seen him in person. But you oh, uh, but you picked your whole family up and you left. You know, explain to people what was on your mind. So I, I spent overseas time when I was uh, active duty Army long time ago. Uh, so I've, I've always uh, had that kind of traveling bug. I've always been an explorer uh, by nature. Uh, so it was one of those things where uh, I knew that we had this opportunity to go overseas. Uh, and so I, I went to my wife. I said, hey, let, let's do it. Uh, if we don't do it now, uh, our kids are going to get too rooted in and never want to leave. Uh, and so we got to do it now. And so I've got a 10 year old and a 12 year old. And I figured if, if, if now's not the time, then we'll, we'll probably never do it with our family. Uh, the reason why, um, I wanted to take the kids overseas so bad was, um, and it didn't really matter. It didn't have to be Okinawa, but, uh, I'm glad we, we, we landed here in Okinawa. But, um, the, the reason is, is because there are so many different ways that we have, uh, you know, our ways to do things, but then the rest of the world, uh, they've got just subtle differences to, to grand differences. And I just, I needed them to understand those. We're going to pick it up right there when we get back on the other side, but we're visiting with Brian Lamar, used to be head of public affairs at uh, the CB base, and now he's uh, accepted a new role. And we'll talk more about what his role is in his new world over in Ak- Ak- Okinawa. We're, we're going to continue to stay in touch with him because he's a great friend of the show. But we'll see you with Brian uh, after this break. See you after this. or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have my friend Brian Lamar with us, and uh, he's coming to us from Okinawa. And uh, we're going to continue 
the conversation that we were having before we went to break about his kids and why he decided to do that. But let me uh, let me remind you real quick before we you know pick up from where we left off that Brian and I actually met each other when I decided to do this show. And as you know now, I've waited almost five months to decide to do this and. By the time I decided it, we were going to do these remote shows the way that we're doing them today. Of course, you know, the pandemic pushed us into this a little faster than we had planned. But initially what I wanted to do is do the shows live from the studio because I really wanted to learn how radio works. I didn't know anything about radio. And uh, so we were doing the shows from the, from, uh, from the, the office. And, uh, and one day, Brian and, and, and another guy showed up at the, at the lobby of the the radio stations and uh and we, he introduced himself and and from that moment forward we we gained a tremendous uh, professional relationship where uh he has just helped me uh, accomplish one of the goals that i had and that is that we want to showcase the military community here in coastal mississippi because they play such an important role so i really appreciate the fact that he did that terrific that we got a chance to meet in person at that moment though wasn't it buddy Oh, yeah. And I, I want to say, uh, sure. Yeah, I, I showed up and kind of cold called you and said, hey, I'm, I'm Brian. I, I'm the PAO for the, the CB base. But uh, yeah, it was, it was also half of it was you uh, being receptive to the fact that we wanted to to tell the story of, of what the Navy was doing on the Mississippi Gulf Coast as well. So I, I appreciate that partnership uh, as much as, as as you do. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. You know, as, as you know, back when I was at the Sun-Herald, we published the Keesel News and the CB Courier. Mm-hmm. So I always had this look into it, maybe a little bit better look into what the military community was doing here in coastal Mississippi, maybe a bit more than the average person, to see the role over as far over as Ingalls and see the footprint that exists at Stennis as those being bookmarks and then all that's happening in between. And we tend to think of of the the bases like CB base, of course, and then uh, Keesler. But then we forget about Shelby and the National Guard and the role they play, in the, and and we, we forget about the Marine Corps, and we don't talk enough about the, the, the Coast Guard and the work that they're doing. So I've really worked hard to, to bring all that together. And then last week, having the opportunity to be the MC for the annual um, salute to military. It was a, quite, quite an honor. In fact, I, I remember as we were trying to figure out the best time for us to connect, I actually was there and sent a note to you to said, that said, oh, and by the way, Brian, I'm actually MCing at, you know, just in a short, short few minutes, the uh, annual yeah. salute to the military event. But man, we are, we're lucky to have such an amazing military presence here in coastal Mississippi. And it means more to us than we even know in the wake of storms, the volunteer work that they do out into the community, the kind of people that come here and end up staying here, retiring here and staying here after they get out of the military. But it's very substantial, isn't it, buddy? It is. And, and I, I feel like sometimes I'm beating a dead horse when I say this, but I, I'm going to say it one more time. Uh, if it weren't for people like Adele Lyons, uh, before her, Kim Nastasi, with the, the Mississippi Gulf Coast Chamber of Commerce, uh, that, that, uh, those programs like Salute to the Military, things like that, that build that uh, civilian military relationship on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, it wouldn't exist like it does. Because um, not always do you have uh, a, a proactive either commanding officer or a proactive public affairs officer for a base. Uh, so having those relationships kind of automatically built in there uh, is very helpful because in Mississippi, I've been all, I've been doing this job for 20 something years now, 24 and a half years now. 
Mississippi, coastal Mississippi, is by far the most military-friendly community that I've I've been in from the East Coast to the West Coast and all around the world. You know, Brian, it's interesting, too. I, I think back early in my career, my mentor, Roland Weeks, the former publisher of the Sun-Herald, always expected us to, to be involved in the community because he felt like that the more we were involved in the community, the more the newspaper would be able to reflect the community. You know, that, so that was always important. We didn't want to you know, be leaders from a perch. We wanted to get in the trenches and see how it worked. But, but the, the, but it, but so that, that, that affected us in our leadership in the community in so many different ways, but it certainly, it certainly, I would say the best practice had to have been uh, as it related to our military efforts, because, you know, the, you, you pointed out the coach chambers done a great job with this, it's military committees, uh, getting getting both active and then retirees and then of course leaders from the business community engaged in conversations. And as I look back on that, Brian, I, th- I see so many so many positive things that happened. But I think probably the most positive was when the base realignment and closure committee was doing their work, and uh, it was really important for us to focus on things like encroachment, for example, around Keesler Air Force Base and why it was important for us to be focused on that and. And over at Stennis, you don't think of Stennis being this this strategically important place, but the fact that it's got this incredibly unique buffer zone and why that's important. That's that's the okay. subject about encroachment. But there, you, there's okay. training at Stennis that we do that that you can't accomplish anywhere else in the world because of the unique uh, buffer zone and all that stuff that that's out there. Yeah, the relationship between the Gulfport Biloxi International Airport and Shelby. And how oh, yeah. that all plays, but see, all all these dots connect, and so when you get active, <clears throat> get the private sector active in a discussion around <clears throat> base base realignment and closure, what you learn from that though is the the important elements that you have to protect in order to make sure that your base isn't on a you know chopping block at some point in the future, and I think when you add it all together, you know, sort of the holistic impact of all of that is that you have a, a community that is way more in tune with the military community than your average community. I mean, just we've we've done a good job of passing this commitment down from generation to generation and from leader to leader, and it's made a big difference. And when someone like you comes in, to, uh, new to the community, and you get a flavor of it, you say, wow, that's this is this is important what I'm observing here. It's really important, isn't it? Well, yeah, and it's not just organizations like uh, if if I'm saying like the Mississippi Gulf Coast Chamber of Commerce, like as a whole, it's not just organizations; it's personalities as well. Uh, the the Billy Hughes's of of the the Mississippi Gulf Coast, uh, the you know, you've got the the Bluxy Mayor that's that's really um, a, you know from AJ to to the Blux, uh, the Bluxy Mayor now they were very very in tune with those joint uh, land use surveys, and a lot of people didn't realize how important the relationship with Diabraville, um, Rusty Quave, and the the Jerry Dodge and Sissy Andrews and all them over in the Diabraville Chamber of Commerce as well, and then uh, you know Long Beach, uh, our Long Beach mayor and uh, and Alderman as well. They're you know half of our base lives in Long Beach as well, so because uh, we bump right up against the there. So in the school districts and everything, but you know it's it's the individual personalities that are in certain roles that that make it possible. It's the organizations, and then also the last part that that trifecta. 
is the infrastructure. So just just to explain, the CBs are one of the, like the most like rapidly continuously deployed forces in the military, especially around coastal Mississippi. They're deploying all the time and redeploying back. We've got the uh, the port, which is a strategic port. We've got the interstate. We've got uh, railways that are that we have access to if we need those. We've got uh, the airport uh, and the and the, the National Guard side for the the loading and unloading of the stuff. So all of that infrastructure uh, basically just puts that mission uh, at ease for uh, for use and and movement of all of our troops and equipment and, and all that. Well, listen, I, I have to tell you that my godchild, my godchild, my best friend's daughter, uh, Alex uh, Alex Waldrop, uh, recently married uh, a CB, and. <laughs> I I am I am so proud of her. First of all, his name is Logan, and he is he is a terrific young man. Hamlin is his last name, but he's been hunting with us and fishing with us. He came here from Kentucky, and uh, he's been deployed all over the world from 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 uh, Gulfport, all over the world. Some some of it I know about, some I don't know about. As you know, some of some of the missions that they're deployed to, they might go through Road to Spain and then get deployed from there. It's uh, a lot of confidentiality on some of the missions that they're involved in because there's a military element to it. Certainly, there's a, the ones that are humanitarian we know about for sure. But, but you know, here's a here's a way that it actually touched my life. My goddaughter's daughter has now married one of the finest young men I have ever met. And uh, had he not come here and, and been stationed at the CB base, Alex would not have met him. So it's funny how it touches people. But it, so many different people have stories like that they could tell too, don't they? It, yeah, and and the funny thing is, is at this point, the you know, military has been such an ingrained part of the Biloxi and Gulfport, uh, Long Beach uh, communities, uh, that people people can't remember a time now. You know, there were there wasn't a military presence, and what that gives is that. I mean, that, there's a culture that comes with that. There's that military culture. Uh, the military members they, they marry into these um, even these long-standing Biloxi and Gulfport families, uh, and it's it's we're not. We not, we're not a part of the uh, community as the military in, in coastal Mississippi more. We, we, we are part of that uh, community. We're not just part of the community. We are the community. And, and uh, the Naval Retirement Home that was completely rebuilt oh, yeah. after Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. And by the way, if you pass there during the cruising event, you probably have never seen more old cars trying to get into one entrance in your life. It was incredible uh, as those cars went in and paraded around for the for the retirees that were that were living there to to experience that truly remarkable. Hey, when yeah. we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Brian Lamar and pick it up where we left off about why he decided to travel the world with his kids, and it's a it's a very admirable thing that his family has done, and I love I love what he's teaching his kids. We'll see you after this. for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. You know, this show has really been something that has been uh, really important to me, special to me, the ability to connect again, 
I was doing some doing some math this morning. We've now done over 700 uh, conversations since we started this over two years ago. And the opportunity to connect with some amazing people, uh, a, a really dear friend inside Ukraine, uh, that that's that's very special. Uh, my friend James O'Byrne in in France to talk about media, uh, and now to talk with my friend Brian Lamar from Okinawa, who was stationed at CB Base. Hey, we're going to get back to your family uh, real quick, but hey, I mentioned at the end as we were shifting gears and going to the uh, commercial break that I've never observed so many so many classic cars trying to get into the entrance of the naval um, retirement home complex and it was just special i think they said you know seven to nine thousand cars actually filtered through there during that part of the event but you actually were involved in that weren't you well yeah so back at uh, i think it was 20 2017 uh one of the uh, program directors uh they do all the, the fun stuff over at the armed forces retirement home for the the residents there he called me up and he said hey i'm i'm having a hard time getting the word out about uh, cars coming through our gates uh, it, it looks kind of closed off and, and most of the time it is you, you gotta you, know, you gotta have a serious reason to be there to get in but during uh, cruising they allow people to drive through and um, again it's back in 2017 and he's like what, what can you do to get the word out and then at, at first I thought well, nothing. I'm the base PAO. We, we probably have 25, 30 cars that, you know, from the base that goes through there. And then I, got, I thought, you know, I'm in a perfect position. I know all these people. So I just called the guys like, uh, you know, Brad Kessie and Hunter Dawkins. And I called everybody I knew. And I said, look, here's the thing. These guys, they can't leave and they can't easily get out and about to go see all these events. Can we bring? Can we, we tell people that, that that they can go on to the the campus and go see the residents? Can we bring it to them? And so all of these different media partners and community partners that I I've built a network with, they all started spreading the word for me. So I really can't take credit for it. I just I just got the word out. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And next thing we know, uh, I, I got a phone call, uh, I think a, a letter in the mail, too, uh, thanking me for helping because they had more cars than they'd ever had before. And as, actually, they were turning cars away because they didn't even know how to, to handle as many cars as they got. So and I, I'm glad to hear that that's continuing to go on because those residents, you know, they've they've served, they've, you know, they fought, they sacrificed so much for the country. The least we can do is drive through their driveway and wave at them. And now it's a formal, official part of yeah. the cruising week, and uh, and the man, I tell you, the opportunity to thank those people, um, you know, is taken very seriously by the cruising the coast organizers, and of course the 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 participants really enjoyed it. Okay, so let's get back to you. You picked up your family from coast of Mississippi. Your sons right. remind me of their ages. So they're 10 and 12. Uh, my my 10-year-old, uh, he just turned 10 here, so he had his birthday party in, here in the hotel. <laughs> wow. That, okay, so okay. you pick them up. Your wife's, you know, on board with, with uh, getting this worldly experience, and then off you go to o Okinawa, and you, you wanted to give your kids at a very impressionable part of their lives a sense of really how small the world is, and... It was super important. Now they may not have understood it at the time, but you've only been there a short time. Are they beginning? Is it beginning to soak, soak in for them? So my ten-year-old, he's he's kind of got the same travel bug, wanderlust uh, personality that I have, and uh, he's always wanting to explore new things and and see you know different places and figure out how people do things in other spots. Now. 
up until now, it's been, well, how do people do things in Arkansas? How do people do things in, in Florida? You know, how's life lived there? And so now he's really excited to to really understand what's going on here because it's very different than, than Mississippi or Alabama or Florida, but um, and my twelve-year-old, who was a little more hesitant when before we left, uh, he was afraid. He was already starting to get those roots. He was afraid to leave friends behind and you know all that stuff. And so uh, we we kind of dragged him a little bit more than uh, my ten-year-old. But uh, once uh, we got here and we started experiencing all the cool tropical locales and the the food here is amazing. Oh my goodness! And I, you know the foods in, in Mississippi is great, but. The food here, uh, I, every time I find a new place, I'm like, this is my favorite place now. And then we'll go <laughs> eat another place. No, no, this is my new favorite place. And it's happened about 14 times now. Uh, we we are going out and wading around in the water and swimming around in, in places that look like they belong on movie sets. It, 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 this island is absolutely beautiful. And the people are so gracious and friendly. Uh, I, I wasn't expect. I mean, I, I was expecting, you know, some, you know, friendly folks and just like everywhere, but everybody we've come across, they've been very nice and friendly. And the, the Okinawans and, and Japanese, they're, they're such a polite uh, and clean uh, society. Uh, uh, don't, don't litter here uh, that you're going to, you're going to hear about it. But, um, but uh, as far as like tra- in traffic, you don't get road rage. I mean, it's just, it's not done here. Um, hearing people fight and argue in, in a restaurant or something like that, it's just not done. You know, things are handled very civilly and peacefully uh, or not at all. Uh, people, people on the Island, they have that kind of Island attitude. It's like, well, is it going to matter in a year from now? No, I'm not going to fight about it then. It's just, that's just the way they are. Super yeah, awesome. I've been, I've been following your early days there. And um, when people think of the Japan, you know, think of Japan, you know, of course, Okinawa is south of Japan. If you think of the, that area of the country, you think of Japan. You don't think of the Caribbean. You don't, you know, you don't <laughs> think of Hawaii. You know, it's, yeah. but it's very, it's very Caribbean like, isn't it? And the water is unbelievably beautiful. And it is. Know, yeah, the, the water. If you if you've got a mask or goggles on, you you go underwater and you look and you can see as far as you know as far as you can. You know, it's just like like looking off into to the sky. But uh, that's how clear the water is here. And the the marine life, uh, it's a little scary. They they got things here that can kill you pretty pretty fast. But uh, yeah, we take precautions. Uh, we try not to step on the rockfish that can drop you dead pretty fast and uh, uh, everything. But uh, it, the um, the tropical environment it they they call it the Hawaii of Japan, and it, it really is it's very like a Caribbean or Hawaiian kind of feel to it. Uh, I'd say it feels more Hawaiian than Caribbean because there's uh, a, still like a lot of Polynesian vibe to the the food and everything. So yeah, very very tropical, very beautiful, and not at all what you think of when you think of Japan. Now, what happens when you go to Japan, when you go to Okinawa, do you, and you're going to live there, and, 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 of course, you have a job. We'll talk about that shortly. But do you jump right into Japanese language classes? Talk, talk to me about that. Not everybody does. I mean, so there are some Americans that, that come here, um, and they they try to stay on the base as much as possible. And there's a couple of parts of the island. There's a place called American Village where a lot of the restaurants are very Americanized, uh, like a Tony Roma's ribs and a Red Lobster and stuff like that, where they can go to those places and be comfortable and happy. A uh, little Japanese twist to it, just like a, like a, a Mexican restaurant in America has got that American twist to it. But uh, – uh, there's those those types of folks, and then there's 
types of folks like me i've already signed up me and me and courtney both have already signed up for japanese classes um we're going to start going i think it's about uh eight hours a week um you know, two times two times a week um uh, in November, and then my my sons, we haven't got them in Japanese lessons yet, but all they're getting some some lessons in school, uh, like the numbers and, and and alphabet and stuff like that. But uh, we we signed them up for ukulele lessons because we thought, eh, very tropical vibe. There's a lot of uh, people from Guam and Saipan and stuff here, and so we found uh, those types of stuff pretty fast. And then also we've got them signed up, but we don't know where we're going to start. But surfing lessons as well. Yeah. You're you you landed in a beautiful home, man. You <laughs> yeah. had some great choices, didn't you? We had some really good choices, and I had chosen a place uh, that was we were we were going to move into a, a place that was a little bit on the smaller side of of what uh, we we really wanted, and so Courtney went out and just kind of scoured uh, the island of what was available at the time. We got here a little bit late for what we call PCS season. So everybody who was going to get here kind of beat us here because uh, we, we got held back a little bit because of paperwork. But um, so that 30 day difference kind of reduced the amount of houses that we had. But we got really lucky and we found a house uh, about 15 minutes away from from where I work uh, and, and where we do a lot of our shopping and stuff. But um it's the the view. Uh, it it's amazing. Um, it, the crystal blue waters. We're we're on a cliff that faces the east side of the uh, the island. The island's kind of skinny, so it, it, it doesn't mean a whole lot. But other than the fact that we get to watch the sunrise rather than the sunset, so but uh, it's at the. It's at the perfect location. It's it's going to be this this wonderful like tropical hideaway that we get to live in for the next at least couple years. Wow. What, what, what? Hey, it's interesting because, you know, you're good at kind of taking what life gives you. The current plan is to be there for a couple of years and you'll be back here. And um, but who knows? Who knows what the future holds, man? I mean, it could be. Who knows? It could open yeah. doors. One door closes, another door opens. Who, who knows where this is going to take you? It'd be fun we to watch you. flexible. Yeah. Yeah. This is Brian Lamar. He used to be head of public affairs at the CB base in Gulfport. And uh, he became a great friend to the show. Helped me. He lined, lined up so many guests. He's been on the show a, a number of times himself. And uh, he's in Okinawa now with his family. And I love, uh, love hearing about why he did it, just teaching his kids that the world is small. And uh, it's great to get that cultural experience. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about, in the final segment, what is Brian actually doing there? What's he doing for a job there? We'll see you when we come back. You can back. also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Have my old friend, my dear friend, who we will stay in touch with probably from here on out just because he's he's going to be uh, enjoying uh, this this ride to t teach his, his two sons that the world is small and that there are so many amazing cultures around. And, and he's the former affair, public affairs director for the CB base and someone who's been a great friend of the show, Brian Lamar. So, Brian, real quick. You had a little, sort of a typhoon welcoming committee. Uh, your your travels into Okinawa were a bit uh, risky, weren't they? 
Yeah, we were uh, we were flying. You know, when you fly across, you fly into Tokyo, and then you fly down to uh, Naha, which is the capital of uh, Okinawa. And as we were flying into Naha, I mean, it was it was a little bit of a turbulent flight because we were already starting to feel some of those outer bands of. Um, oh boy, I'm not going to remember the name of the typhoon. Uh, typhoon. It started with an H. Hinamura, I think, is the name of it. And um, that was our first typhoon. Now, it, it wasn't as dramatic uh, as when a hurricane hits the Mississippi Gulf Coast because the Okinawans, they've been dealing with you know, umpteen typhoons a year anyway, so everything's made out of concrete, nothing moves out of place uh, and even the planes will still fly in to the airport uh, during typhoon winds. It's it's pretty crazy. Uh, they don't let it affect them at all. It's, it's very different than the culture in Mississippi. <laughs> Oh, a typhoon welcoming committee. Thank God things settled down for you once you got there. That That is for sure. So tell me about your job. Well, uh, so I work for the tent support group uh, in in um, a, a place called Tory Station. It's the only Army base on Okinawa. We're the, basically the senior Army command. There's a lot of little Army elements scattered throughout the island. Uh, and basically my job is to reach back and tell the tent support group story. Um, I'm focusing on a lot of American audiences through uh, AFN, which is Armed Forces Network, Stars and Stripes, which a lot of people have heard of um, as well. They're the over, overseas paper. Uh, and then any other like American media that I can reach back to that are interested in telling the story of, of, of the mission and the personnel of what the Army's doing here in Okinawa. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned Stars and Stripes. Uh, when I worked for the Sun-Heralds, uh, at one point I was in operations responsible for the printing presses. And we installed some new print, printing presses made by Rockwell International. That's called the company was called Goss, and they they um, they you know they built some of the best printing presses for newspapers around the world, and I ended up becoming the president of the users group for the national organization, the president of Goss uh, International Users Group, and one of the guys on my on on my board was from a place uh, over in Virginia somewhere, and they printed Stars and Stripes. And it was huge. I mean, the, the press run on that on that publication was huge. I don't know how many they print today or even they print today, but Lord, how mercy. It was a major operation. Yeah, I think it's uh, five. Uh, the, uh, the main Stars and Stripes is five prints a week. Uh, it's a huge circulation, uh, but, the, you know, because they've got Europe, they've got Pacific, they've got all over the world. So it's, Wow, it's, wow. Yeah. You know, again, it's interesting how all the dots kind of connect. It's, you know, that's, yeah. the, that's the way of the world. Um, so, um, ha, ha, so you've enjoyed your job so far? So far, it's it's been great. I've been able to tell a couple of really good stories. Uh, we had we had a major that saved some lives. Uh, he, he scuba diving instructor on the side, and he saw some snorkelers, uh, uh, um, Okinawan family that had gotten caught in rip currents, and he he swam out. He didn't have a scuba gear with him, but he saw him as he was look checking out an area, and he swam out and he saved this family almost drowned in the process because he was wore out on the third go back and um, and so we we awarded him with a, a medal for bravery uh, for saving this family and I got the Stars and Stripes to come out and interview him and they did a, a story on him which I believe um, it there was a delay on printing uh, so I believe tomorrow morning uh, for uh, Monday morning for us is, uh, is is going to print to tell that story about how he did that so uh, but also there's all kinds of uh, opportunities for me to not just tell those individual personnel stories but also to tell the story like uh, the mission of the tent support group why we're here 
uh, what what's the reason why we continue to to be here uh you know north korea is acting up china's always kind of rattling their saber there's a lot of things at stake if um, the united states military doesn't do their job and do it well so readiness and um and, and staying current with with not only the training and the equipment modernization all that stuff it, it's it's all important it's very, very important, especially for this part of the world. Well, part of your welcoming committee is actually, you mentioned that China, uh, North Korea has been acting up. Um, you know, yeah. it, th- th- it's just part of their continued provocation. I don't think it's necessarily something that's particularly new. It's just that, you know, they, they want to be sure we don't forget that they're there. And part of their, part of their mission is just kind of stoked to fire, unfortunately. And um, you're not, you're not too concerned about it, are you? No, I'm not. I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, and I've heard some from some pretty knowledgeable folks that uh, you know this. This is this is par for the course. This is things that uh, that folks like North Korea are going to always do. But the thing that I, I got to say is the, the the continued presence of the United States military in this region means that they can't bully our allies. And, yeah, one hundred percent, man. We are still a world power, and we have a tremendous leadership role. And, uh, and uh, obviously, a, a, a mission role that is incredibly important. Brian Lamar, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you, my friend. Yeah, same here. We'll stay in touch. We'll see you back in a few months and just see how things are going. It's just a great story of a father who's dedicated to his family and wants his sons to see that the world is small and that the cultural experiences that he has the opportunity to do through his work is something that could change their lives forever, and it's going to be fun to watch it. It's been it's been a pleasure. We'll see you, see you soon, and have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, Rick. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.